Welcome to the Daily Standard Podcast. I'm Eric Felton. Washington is still buzzing over Michael Flynn's plea deal with special counsel Bob Mueller. We're going to talk with Michael Warren about that here in just a second. But first, a word from our sponsor. The Daily Standard Podcast is brought to you by Donors Trust. Donors Trust is the community foundation for the liberty movement. If you want to support groups committed to limited government, personal responsibility, and free enterprise with your charitable giving, you should learn how Donors Trust can simplify your giving. Go to DonorsTrust.org standard to get your free Investing in Liberty guide. Michael Warren, senior writer at the Weekly Standard and author of the daily White House Watch. You've been watching the White House as part of the White House Watch. Welcome to the Daily Standard podcast. Yeah, thanks for having me. Imagine that, watching the White House. It's, just, it's as if there's nothing going on, you know. How has the Flynn plea deal reverberated in Washington generally and in the White House in particular? Well, Washington in general is is uh, is <laughs> a buzz, as you said. Uh, everyone is, um, I think, greeted that that news on Friday with this the kind of feeling of maybe not a nuclear bomb going off, but definitely an EMP. You know, uh, all the electricity went out uh, for a few seconds, uh, and uh, everybody came to and sort of realized this was a pretty big deal, and it is a pretty big deal. This is not uh, simply Washington sort of overreacting. Um, as 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 we are wont to do sometimes, um, Michael Flynn is a hugely important figure among the four who have either been indicted or entered guilty pleas with with Bob Mueller. Because at this point, there are two indictments, right. well, or two people who have been indicted, Correct. on multiple counts, and there are two people who have taken a deal. That's right, and um, the the three people. Uh, other than um, other than Mike Flynn, uh, were campaign people Paul Manafort, Rick Gates, who were who were uh, on the campaign. George Papadopoulos was a real low level, really truly low level uh, campaign. But he did uh, model advisor. UN. He did do model UN. He was a coffee boy, as as uh, some of the Trump uh, folks like to say. Um, those those guys were in the campaign. Mike Flynn was uh, was on the campaign. Uh, he was an advisor on the campaign. He was also on the transition and for those brief 25 days was uh, in the White House as well. Um, and that tells you, uh, well, it doesn't tell you. And in an important position in the White House. Yeah. Again, not a coffee boy in the White House, the national security advisor. Well, that's this is not a uh, this is not somebody who has an office, uh, you know, in the office building in the uh, Eisenhower executive office building next door. He's got a white he's got a White House office, an office in the West Wing, just down the hall from the Oval Office. A very important all, all of the national security uh, intelligence and uh, analysis runs through his office that goes to the president. Um, very important. But I think what what was reflective and what Washington was sort of a so a buzz about was that um, it really I think revealed that uh, uh, that Mueller well first it revealed that Mueller was in the White House now in terms of who he was investigating um, who uh, he could uh, have more information on and this plea deal um, really a pretty minor uh, uh, minor offense ultimately I mean lying to the FBI is never a minor offense um, he's, he's likely to go to jail uh, but uh, from what he could have been he looked at the list of offenses what he could have been charged with um, it's a good deal for Mike Flynn so the question is what did he give in return I don't want to speculate too much on what he gave in return all I can say is that's what had Washington 
uh, sort of, um, you know, uh, uh, getting uh, uh, excited or interested and engaged in this was that it must have been uh, quite a lot. If there's something that Mueller has on, on other folks within the Trump world, um, it, it must be quite a lot that Mike Flynn is providing. Now, there was a lot of speculation over the weekend that um, Jared Kushner was among those who might be sweating a bit at the news of Michael Flynn's plea deal. Yes, um, I think he, he has to be. And in fact, you, you, you asked about what it's like in the White House. <laughs> I think there's a lot of people uh, who were calling up their lawyers on Friday morning and have been in touch with them all weekend. Jared Kushner is certainly one of them. Uh, remember, CNN reported about a week before the Flynn indictment, uh, or excuse me, the Flynn plea deal came down, uh, that sometime in late November, maybe uh, about 10 days before uh, Flynn, uh, Flynn's plea deal came down, Jared Kushner uh, went in for a second interview with uh, Mueller's investigation. This one was not hours long. This was something uh, I think the sources were saying less than 90 minutes long. Um, if that's true, if that report is true, um, I think that's significant, something to watch. Um, Any Anytime you have two interviews with the FBI, you have the simple problem alone of the being at risk of having contradictions between your first set of testimony and your second set of testimony. That's right. And um, on top of that, um, there might be a message in there, too, that uh, a, a Flynn, uh, you know, Flynn pleading guilty um, and turning uh, and becoming a, a witness for the Mueller investigation, which means, of course, that Flynn has to provide every bit of information that he can about uh, about these about this case to Mueller. Uh, those those list of offenses are things that Mueller can um can bring indictments uh, against uh, if he feels that Flynn has broken his side of the deal. Um, uh, so this is something that um, people like Jared Kushner, um, again, without speculating too much about what it is, um, it, uh, we do have to make sure that we're being a little more creative in the way we think about this. It may not have to do primarily with uh, what that guilty plea from Mike Flynn was about, which was uh, strictly about these conversations with uh, Ambassador Kislyak during the transition that sources are saying, and these aren't sources of mine, but other uh, reputable news organizations are saying the person who told Mike Flynn to do that was Jared Kushner. But let's not get sort of tied down in that particular uh, event, the, the the question surrounding that event. The, the point I think I take away from the Flynn guilty plea is that it could be about any number of things from no, the campaign fact, to the White House. And and uh, Bill Crystal and I talked about this a little bit on Friday. Um, there would, would be reason to believe that if you're cutting a deal and you're going to, uh, the prosecutor wants you to be as effective as possible against his other targets, he doesn't want to show in any way what he has against those other targets. That's right. So you don't use the charges in the plea, none of those are going to have anything to do with the charges that you hope to bring against the targets. It's going to be completely different so that you won't have tipped your hand as right. to what information you have. Right. And I think that the um, that's that's the reaction um, uh, that uh, the, the reaction that I've described is sort of what a lot of folks in the White House, um, you know, I'm, I'm Personally, as I report on this, I've gotten relative radio silence from sources of mine. Um, I don't necessarily think that means that everybody that's not calling me back is guilty of anything, but people are being careful because they they recognize. They think it. you're wearing a wire. <laughs> no, not. Did, did oh, of course I am. I'm a reporter. I'm always wearing a wire. Politico 
was reporting that the paranoia level at the White House has reached um, DEFCOM 5 <laughs> and uh, that it was to the point where people are now assuming that anyone they have a conversation with in the White House is wired up. Um, is that paranoia warranted? Uh, it Maybe to that level of, of actually wearing a wire, but who knows? I mean, George Papadopoulos, there was a lot of thought that he might be might have been wearing a wire, maybe not at the White because House. Because he, he struck his deal right. in the summer with Mueller, and that deal was not announced until October. That was a long time in which Papadopoulos could have been talking to people while wearing a wire. That's right. But Eric, all of that paranoia, whether it's whether the level of it is warranted or not, it's it's real. And, and I think it's a recognition within the White House and in sort of Trump world that this is real. And what's so odd or um, uh, what, what, what sort of makes creates cognitive dissonance for me is the way that the president himself seems to uh, not at least publicly have the same reaction that um, if, if you read reports about what he's telling people, he thinks the Mueller investigation is all wrapped up. Uh, uh, going to be finishing up soon. Uh, he's going to be exonerated completely, uh, and oh, also um, it, the FBI is is completely, uh, uh, you know, bankrupt uh, morally and, uh, and 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 corrupt, and um, this is all fake news. And so I think that there's this sort of public uh, image that that the president is putting forth that. Um, this has nothing. I mean, you looked at some of the uh, statements from the Trump lawyers. It was emphasizing that Mike Flynn was an Obama administration employee because he was director of uh, of, of the, the Defense Intelligence Agency uh, during the Obama administration. And famously, you know, was fired from that job for for going against the Obama administration. But to Trump's lawyers, he's an Obama administration figure. Um, there's this this kind of weird sense that, um, and I don't know if it's because. Um, Trump is being shielded from, you know, viewpoints that are saying, look, this could be problematic or um, if this is sort of um, the Trump version of stiff upper lip. But uh, it's it's kind of it's kind of interesting to see his reaction in contrast to what we're all hearing about from below him at the White House. Right. It may be delusional or it may be like that. Do you remember the end of the fabulous movie version of the Kipling story, The Man Who Would Be King. Oh, yeah, right, right. Right, and so the natives have turned on Sean Connery <laughs> and Michael Caine, and they're, they're, they're full red-suited uh, British Army That's regalia. Right. And Michael Caine turns to Sean Connery and says, we'll just have to brass it out. <laughs> and they start, you know, marching off. Exactly, exactly. And it, but- and it almost works. Almost, Almost. But then it doesn't. So I think I think that's kind of where I think that's where Donald Trump is right now. But um, but I, I also don't think that it's out of the question that as this gets closer and as 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 Mueller kind of uh, closes in on people higher up in the Trump world, that Trump is doesn't go back to considering possibly getting rid of Mueller, um, which he's totally legally within his rights to do. Uh, but I think would open up a whole new can of uh, of worms politically for him um but but and certainly his advisors and his, his lawyers are advising him against doing that but that hasn't stopped trump before has it michael warren white house correspondent for the weekly standard thanks for joining us on the daily standard podcast thanks eric support for the daily standard podcast comes from donors trust it's no secret that the best policy ideas are not coming from politicians 
Instead, they're coming from the think tanks, public interest law centers, and other principled individuals and groups from around the country. And the best ones are those that don't rely on government money to operate. If you want to help move the ideas of liberty forward, invest your charitable giving in those doing the real work of conservative causes. And the simplest way to do this is through Donors Trust. Donors Trust is the community foundation for the liberty movement. With a donor-advised fund at Donors Trust, you'll simplify your giving and receive excellent tax benefits, all in a way that gives you an additional layer of privacy. All donor-advised funds offer the same basic services, but Donors Trust is the only donor-advised fund that shares your commitment to conservative principles. Go to DonorsTrust.org standard for your free Investing in Liberty guide that gives you practical advice on how to identify principle-driven charities that deserve your support. As we near the end of 2017, Donors Trust is the partner you need. The stock market is booming and the tax code is changing. Donors Trust experts can help you navigate all of this and equip you to give in a way that best benefits you, your family, and the principles you hold dear. Visit DonorsTrust.org standard right now to download a free copy of your helpful guide, Discover a Better Way to Support the Conservative Values You Believe in. That's DonorsTrust.org standard. That's it for the Daily Standard Podcast. I'm Eric Felton. Catch you next time.